0: Welcome to Story Archaeology's Stories in the Landscape Conversations. Today I get to talk with Jamie Madden about his new work, The Writing of the Taking*. So today we're going to be discussing your highly unusual and creative interpretation of the of Gawola, the Book of Invasions, or the Book of the Taking of Ireland. Sounds good. Now, it seems to have been a deliberate collection and curation of a variety of Irish origin stories brought together sometime from about the 11th century. And the first redaction is found in the Book of Leinster, and this book is still held in Trinity College today. So that's just a bit of background about the of Gawola itself. Of course, there's another important purpose central to the to the book. It shows a strong Christian emphasis and is, in fact, I think its whole purpose is a t- an attempt to rationalize and in some ways synchronize Christian with pre-Christian stories. Uh, would you agree? I think in a
1: lot of ways and this little short story began as an attempt for myself just to make sense of all of those influences in the Lara Kabbalah, to figure out what in it is syncretic with the Bible? What in it might be syncretic with the Greeks? What in it might be our older true origin stories and genealogies or myths or what have you, passed down orally and then put down into writing in the Laira So I really just to sort it all out, I took each of those interests and made them a character. And each of those own storytellers advocates for their own views about where Irish people come from and how we got here. And uh, you know, it's interesting um, as an Irish American coming to it. In some ways, learning about the Milesians and the Dana and the Fierbolg, et etc., wasn't all that different from learning about the Gaels, the Anglo Normans, the Hiberno Irish, Scots Irish, etc. You know, one of <laughs> one of those lists of people being actual, true historical people, and the other ones probably not entirely, anyway. <laughs> but in t- <laughs> the earliest migrations. That's right. And, and, but what they have in, in in common too is this like each of them bringing their own sort of perspective about what Ireland is and how the land is to be used and their own culture coming there. So, this is part of a, a long sorting of who are we anyway, um, is how I came to well, it.
0: Well, certainly what you've created is a highly entertaining story of how it might actually have happened. So, Let's look a bit more at the writing of the taking. I think it's a brilliant title. (laughs) you certainly managed to make a very difficult text eminently enjoyable. I also really enjoy the way that you tell the story. It's accessible, modern, the origin story variants. But I think you chose to begin with the arrival of the Tour de Donen. Now, I know this is, in fact, a substantial piece of writing. We can't quote it all. Uh, while we're talking. <laughs> no. And besides that, I'm going to make sure it's available on Story Archaeology to read, and the link will be directly on the page.
1: Those lists are something that just make our mythologies very difficult to read on the page, don't they? Whether it's the list of languages we just went through, or the endless genealogies, and what have you.
0: Oh, what you refer to as all the begats. Yeah, yeah, all the
1: begats. Well, I put it in there because they're taking the piss out of each other with it, which is the only way I can get through them is if I, if I interrupt them and make them fun. You know, and I wouldn't cut them because, again, the, the point of pulling this together was to be able to share the letter of Kabbalah, share the stories, share what we thought about our origins a millennium ago, but in a way that is fun and readable and accessible. So, yeah, it's, you know, the Irish have their way of listing everything out. The, the monk complains about it and then somebody suggests it might work better for him if you threw some bagats between the names because sure isn't his own book that boring.
0: Give us another taste taster. Tell us a bit more about how you present each of those different migrations.
1: Sure, yeah. Well, as you mentioned, the first story I dropped in was the Toi de Dan, and I couldn't tell you why. I think it might just be the more interesting one. But right from the get-go, it starts with those disagreements that are in the text that makes for some fun in a story. So uh, who is telling this one? Tanaday? Tanade. Thousands of years ago, the Tua de Danen arrived in dark clouds and mist, landing their ships on the mountains of Konmakna Reyn and Konnacht. For three days, a darkness covered the sun. Linné interrupts, Nonsense! Who's ever heard of ships landing on top of a mountain? No, they arrived by water, they beached their ships, and then they burned them to leave no doubt they were here to stay. The dark clouds and mist were nothing but the smoke rising from their burning fleet. Tanade continued unperturbed, We may say the truth was not known beneath the sky of stars, whether they were of heaven or of earth. Either way, they made a terrifying landing, and they demanded sovereignty of half of Ireland. And then goes on to tell the story that folks, if you are nerdy enough to have read the letter Kabbalah, the story of the Fairbolg, Shrung and Brash making their meeting and nerding out over weapons together.
0: Mm -hmm. And uh, then you go back and, and gradually bring in the other waves of people. I like the way you go back and back and back until finally Kessa. But we mustn't give too much away, because every section is hilariously funny and kind of makes sense, that you know makes sense of, as I said, a very <laughs> difficult text. And I also like the way that you've used the mysterious multi-lived Fintan to stress the role of the poet in the transmission of lore down the centuries. Although I think you've also put a really interesting twist on that as well.
1: Yeah, well, well, two things there. One is trying to imagine these different versions of how we became us and how people got onto Ireland, and how those would come to be written down. And Probably in reality, it was a bunch of different Phili becoming a bunch of different monks and writing it or something. I'm imagining one interminable day of meetings, which is a bit more like my own career.
0: <laughs> and
1: most of the attendees are Phili. They have their own stories. They disagree whether the Tuadé Danin were first, the Fair Fairbolg were first, or Partalon or, or Kessar or the Nemedians. And I do find it interesting in, in, in the texts we have how much overlap there is between some of those stories. Mm-hmm. And it almost does feel like a Phili from... Monster got into an argument with a feely from Connacht or something, and and but the other one of the few changes I, I really made to the text because I did try to keep the the core text, you know, as it was to the greatest degree possible. Oh, you
0: you've been very uh, careful to keep the, the the quality and the the sense yes. of the original. But text. one of the
1: things that happens in the text is how women are so close to erased. And, you know, as you've laid out in your podcast many times over, mm. they were probably much more important before it got written down. And in, you know, internal to Laira Kabbalah, I mean, it starts with Kesser. Kesser was the very first and she was a woman and she only brought the three men. She figured you didn't need them really, but for the one thing, like, rather than having just Fintan Mokbukhra as the witness who, you know, shapeshifts and lives here for thousands of years and lives to tell the tale, Fintan and Kesser have a daughter who, through some of that Adine worm-like magic, gets reborn into the Ban Olive, who's in the meeting. She is um, the authority, and she tells Kester's story. Mm. That felt good, and it, it felt like Kester's story opened up for me a bit more when I put mm. a woman behind it and put respect for that woman in the meeting space, and watched the uh, the monk kind of squirm trying to square. Uh, his ideology with women being in charge of anything.
0: Mm, I think you're absolutely right, especially what you said about Kessa, I think is very interesting, because she is there at the beginning, and we see time and time again, the oldest ancestral figures are always female, whether it's Eru or um, Bamba, or or any of them, and I would actually include Shino Mm -hmm. in that, which perhaps it's remembering that the earliest ancestors were in fact ancestresses. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Well, what but before you leave that thought. The the and they all disappear is such a fascinating part of the Kessler story to me. So like her brother and her dad die. Mm-hmm. Finton fucks off cuz he's scared of having to take care of 47 women. Mm-hmm. They all live out their lives and we don't have the story. What we do have is this motif of the island of women um throughout The Amrava and even other tale types and pure speculation, but I kind of wonder about that um, parallel between an island of women for some decades in our origin story and these mythical islands of women that keep showing up in other kind of syncretic literature like the Imrava and so
0: forth. I think you m- must be right. I hadn't actually thought of connecting Kessa with the Isle of Women, but I think you're right. You've caught something there. And it it just communicates something perhaps about the oldest form of the story or the uh, oldest form of, shall we say, the origin stories, of, if you can call them that, as a story.